You're listening to Spice Radio, 1200 AM's The Morning Buzz, and we are speaking to Charlie Smith, the editor of Vancouver. Charlie, how are you this morning? Oh, I'm doing fine, Karen. All's well at Spice Radio. All is well, and Charlie, I have to say, it's been quite a week. There is so much happening, so I was really looking forward to talking to you today about so many of these stories. And the first is, of course, Donald Trump. He is going to be appearing in a federal court in Miami on Tuesday after being charged over his handling of classified documents. And this is coming from his lawyer. It seems the former president is facing seven charges related to retaining national defense information and obstruction of justice. So, Charlie, break this down for us what does this mean and can he still run to be you know president in 2024 he can run um there was a socialist candidate a century more than a century ago eugene debs who uh campaigned for president while he was in jail so there is precedent for that and there's nothing in the constitution preventing them from running it may create problems for him because this is the second set of charges um, it sounds like uh, Fonnie Willis, the uh, prosecutor in Atlanta, is going to be laying charges as well. So that's coming. And then kind of the granddaddy of them all is the January 6th and whether there was a conspiracy, seditious conspiracy. And that's um, another <laughs> freight train coming at Trump, whether those that will lead to charges. So. I think it's a, um, he's going to be spending a lot of time in court. I think the problem that he faces, even though he's well ahead in the Republican uh, race right now for the nomination, and he, he may win it, uh, one of the issues is there are so many people running against him, so there's no one person for opponents to coalesce around. But I think the problem with Trump is that he has not been that successful, that he lost the uh, control of the House and the Senate in 2018, lost the presidency in 2020. Uh, He also uh, lost, his candidates lost badly in uh, Senate elections in 2022, so the Senate is still under the control of the Democrats. The Republicans barely won the House, and Joe Biden performed better Democrats with a Democrat in the White House um, in the in the midterms than you know in decades I think since Franklin Delano Roosevelt so Trump is a bit of a loser electorally but he has devoted followers within the Republican Party and I wonder at what point will the Republicans look upon him especially with all these legal problems as being a loser the problem however, (laughs) is that whenever he gets charged, it just feeds the conspiracy theories. And and some observers, like one journalist I respect, Ron Rosenbaum, um, thinks that this only helps Trump because his followers get even more rabid and they say there's a conspiracy against him and the establishment is trying to shut him down, the deep state is going against him. They don't look at the validity of the charges or whether there's any basis for them. It's it's simply that they're out to get get them, and then that helps them politically. So so it's it's hard to say. But I if I were to bet, I think the um, the, the the odds are more stacked against them today than they were yesterday. Mm. 
Gosh, you know, American politics, Charlie, there's never a dull moment in all this. So I'm going to keep a real close eye on this story. Now, another story, Charlie, and this is one that's really affecting our country all across uh, wildfires we are seeing. This is quite a season, not only here in B.C., but really so many provinces, especially in Quebec. Um, in particular, their fires have gone into, you know, New York City. The smoke has spread there. And I think, Charlie, the one thing that's really obviously this is horrible that we're seeing these wildfires because it's due to climate change. But the other thing is so many Americans this entire week have been complaining. I went on to Twitter and I saw the hashtag blame Canada and they're getting mad at us. But Charlie, you were telling me, hey, like when those fires were in California, the smoke came into BC, but we didn't say blame America. Isn't this just so bizarre? Yeah, it's a little bit of a double standard here (laughs) because we've seen it particularly in Washington State where the smoke just blankets the Kootenays and and parts of BC um, it is, uh, you know, the smoke knows no boundaries. And sometimes it comes from the U.S. to Canada, and sometimes it goes from Canada to the U.S. I think what's unusual this time is the magnitude of the fires in Quebec. And Quebec is so close to the eastern seaboard, which is so heavily populated, like seeing the images of New York City almost apocalyptic with the Empire State Building kind of poking out from behind the orange glow of smoke. Um, we're used to this, actually, in Metro Vancouver, because we've seen it on occasion. But I think it's highly unusual down there. And then with New York being the media capital of, of uh, America, that it's also resulting in a probably even more news coverage and commentaries than might be the case if this smoke was blanketing Wyoming or, or Oklahoma or something like mm. that. True, especially I think it's the area that it's hitting. But Charlie, too, the fact is that we are seeing so many wildfires. And like, do we know whether you know we have enough resources to combat these wildfires? Yeah, and, and the other really troubling thing is how early in the season it is, like, and, and in B.C. as well. And, and B.C., it hasn't been as hard hit, although there's that massive fire in, in northeastern B.C., which I heard now is the size of Metro Vancouver, which gives you an idea of the, the breadth of it, um, and then the evacuation of Tumblr Ridge. Um, but I do think uh, the, the, it's going to become more worrisome if we get fires of this magnitude in the Okanagan, for instance, which is much more heavily populated. And um, to date, um, Vancouver Island has largely escaped wildfire uh, seasons in the past, but this this year we're seeing it on Vancouver Island and a major highway being cut off, um, and and so so it's it seems that the fires are popping up in areas where they haven't traditionally popped up, like Ontario. I mean, like Quebec, and at least at this this magnitude and. And that's, that's quite worrisome. I also saw whether um, the jet stream was moving in odd ways in the eastern U.S. And normally they are these kind of undulating waves that are not, not too wide in terms of their bands. But this one was a, one of those big loops. And when that happens, that's, that, that lays the foundation for heat domes. And that's what kills people because it is, it's the hot weather more than the flooding and the other things associated with climate change 
know that that is certainly very concerning. And Charlie, do you think though that this could be the motivator? I think when it comes to climate policy, I think especially you know folks down south in the U.S. seeing that okay, here in Canada we're having these wildfires and it's affecting their air quality. Do you think this will be the time where maybe Canada and the U.S. could be on a united front in combating climate change? Or am I being too hopeful? I wonder if you're being too hopeful. <laughs> the the issue I think is the fossil fuel industry and some politicians seem to think we can address climate change by burying carbon emissions and doing this carbon capture and storage and utilization. Um, and and so that's, uh, we'll hear them talk about, well, we're going to be carbon neutral by 2050, but it's often rooted in that approach, which is, also enabling the production of fossil fuels to continue and even the approval of new fossil fuel projects on both sides of the border. Um, so we saw with, with Biden's uh, deal on the debt ceiling was, was lifting some of the restrictions on a pipeline, um, at least the, the regulatory aspects. So I think the we're now at the point where everyone is saying climate change is a problem that needs to be addressed, but it's how it's being addressed. Uh, I think the, the climate keeners are looking at it and going, we have to stop the production of new fossil fuel projects and pipelines, whereas the, um, the so-called moderates are, are saying, well, we could continue doing this, but We'll just bury these emissions and we'll figure technology will come up with a solution. Mm. And it's kind of reminiscent of the old talk and log idea where well, we've got these forests and, and we want to preserve the old growth forests. So they would talk and talk and talk and have negotiations and discussions, but the logging would continue. And um, that's kind of where we're at on energy production. Mm-hmm. Let's see what happens here, Charlie. And finally, I'm really... I'm, ex- I'm very sorry for your generation, then, Karen. I'm not going to lie to you. The eco-anxiety is real, Charlie. I, I certainly yeah. think about it all the time, and I think we do deserve to have, like, clean air. I think that's all we're asking for here. So that's why my hope is, is that, okay, if we see that, I think when it comes to the issue of climate change, we, one country can't be doing everything. Everybody around the world has to work together yeah. because there are consequences. And my hope was, okay, you're seeing everybody complain here. Well, like, listen... Let's vote in people, people who you know are going to care about the climate. You know, that that's my big concern here. So, yeah, Charlie, it's definitely hard. Like you said, it's early in the summer. So I'm really hoping for a miracle here. And I hope we do get some rain this afternoon. I just never wanted the rain so badly, especially this time yeah. of the year, Charlie. Um, and finally, Charlie, this story was a really, really sweet one. Heritage Minute talked all about Paul D. And it was, a, it was posted on YouTube. And you've said so far... 325,000 people have viewed it. And I know when it comes to these heritage minutes, they don't tend to be the most diverse, but finally here we're learning about a different community. Yeah, and it's a great story. And I encourage people to read more about Paldi, which is it was a, 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 a forest town near Duncan, founded by Sikh uh, pioneers, and and very diverse, and people all got along. And, that, and that's been documented. Um, and and not only the 325,000 views on YouTube, but what Historica Canada, which creates the Heritage Minutes, says that there's been 4.7 million views on all of its platforms. So we're really 
And one of the people I really want to give credit to is Satwinder Kar Baines, who's the director of the South Asian Studies Institute at the University of the Fraser Valley. She has worked tirelessly to elevate understanding about the stories of average people who who lived their lives in in BC and were not recorded in the official histories. And I think the work that she and others have done uh, laid the foundation for this Heritage Minute, but there's also been other other work done over the years um, that uh, has covered it as well, like the National Film Board documentary Unarchived is one example where she, she was given a prominent role. So a lot of people worked hard to, to raise the awareness to where we got to this Heritage Minute. No, and I really appreciate it, and I'm hoping to see more of it. Charlie, thank you so much for your time. As always, we really appreciate it. Have a good weekend. Okay, thank you. Take care.